0: Hey, all you Carpet and Cork listeners, it's that time on Friday again. Welcome to A Case Against the Modern Man. You know, uh, I release these on Fridays, but you guys could be listening on Saturday, Sunday, any day of the week. I don't know what time you guys tune in, but anyway, I'm glad you do. Welcome to A Case Against the Modern Man. (laughs) If you've made it to show four already, then I'm impressed. Stick around. The best is yet to come. Uh, These first few conversations where we've been discussing Black Lives Matter have been extremely important to me and also to my friends and also (laughs) just to the nation. Um, So we're not done with that. But I wanted to take a second to step away this week to kind of talk about a little bit more what I wanted the show focused on before all this happened because I actually postponed the show by a month or two Because of the protests, because I didn't want to try and step in to the spotlight and uh, build a platform when it wasn't my time. Um, There was just so much going on. And then as it's just continued, I kind of figured that some of the conversations I was having with some people on the ground were very important. And I wanted to get those out. So I decided to start my podcast, which is something I've been thinking about for years. So uh, if you guys are still listening, I really appreciate you. And today we're going to sit down with Thomas Crawford. And then next week we will be back with Black Lives Matter edition, A Case Against the Modern Man, where I will do that recap episode with Matthew Butler and Quinn Benning again. But today uh, we're going to discuss Thomas's poetry. We're also going to get to discuss his um, history with the church and also how him and i got to know each other so tune in strap up light a joint because we're pretty lit this episode so you might want to join us on that maybe grab a drink anyway i love you guys welcome to carpeting corks a case against the modern man I don't know if you know this but I started recording so we could just kind of jump into this so
1: yeah I just figured whenever yeah what's going on Thomas not much uh yeah not much not much <laughs> it's been a pretty pretty low-key summer why would you say that why why do you think uh we have a global pandemic <laughs> uh I mean did anyone forget that yet <laughs> Some people I think did. Oh, she <laughs> Unfortunately.
0: Okay, so I thought this was actually going to be like the least spicy, most freeform <laughs> episode of the podcast. And oh, we start I'll, off like this already. Sorry, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bring the spice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's so funny. Yeah, no, so. Basically, we just had that Black Lives Matter edition to the podcast. And while I'm not saying that we've wrapped it up, kind of what we're doing right now is uh, taking a break from that, stepping away and talking about something else. And then next week, actually, I'm going to sit down again with Matthew Butler and Quinn Benning, and we're going to kind of do a um, recap and reevaluation of where we're all standing since our conversations on the protest to where things have moved now. But, um, yeah, no, today we're sitting down with my really good friend, Thomas. Hey, hey. <laughs> Yeah, Thomas and I go way back, so kind of, we're just gonna see where the conversation goes, and we're gonna talk about all sorts of fun stuff. Dope. So, uh, Thomas, why don't you kind of introduce yourself and kind of talk about how you grew up?
1: Uh, okay, uh, my name is, uh, Thomas Crawford, uh, I struggle with, uh, Uh, just kidding. Uh, no. Uh, so, uh, I've grown up in Vancouver, Washington. Um, pretty much my whole life, born and raised, uh, same house (laughs) and everything. Um, I grew up in a Christian family, um, was raised, you know, in the church and all that. Um, and... Uh, I was homeschooled until like eighth grade, so I was, I've always been a pretty, uh, socially awkward, uh, homeschooler <laughs> at Honest, heart.
0: Honestly, <laughs> though, out of all the homeschoolers I've ever known, though, everyone says this too, that you're like the most socially
1: integrated homeschooler we've ever met. <laughs> that Well, that's good. I mean, there's, yeah, it's, it's. 50 50 with uh, homeschoolers sometimes yeah that's uh, kind of true but mostly
0: when it comes to social integration not so much intelligence yeah yeah, yeah. it's more about uh i don't know if i call it social anxiety what what would you call it
1: uh i don't know um i think i think for me, it was just I realized I was awkward, and <laughs> I was like, "I'm just gonna go with it." And like, I don't know, yeah. just hmm. yeah. yeah I, don't
0: know. I don't know. So, wow, that's kind of an interesting topic. I don't want to go into it too much, but there's some sort of psychology there because it's such a large grouping. Yeah. That with the fact that they're not raised um, with the constant contact with their peers through schooling, mm-hmm. that it causes some sort of, um, personality trait. I don't know. It's more just, like, this, um, subculture, I guess.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I was, I always had, like, several classes and stuff that I had, like, outside of the home, like, with other people. Okay. Um, like, I had a science class, and then, like, Spanish and, like, some other stuff that was, that was, like, my homeschooled with other homeschoolers basically when didn't you
0: graduate high school from public schooling or did you uh
1: so my freshman year i went to uh vancouver school of arts and academics um which was like a wild wildly different from uh homeschooling uh it wasn't it wasn't for me so i didn't go back um so then i did like a year of online schooling which was basically just homeschooling again okay and then i went to uh uh clark college and did that okay which was my goal all along to do running start and right kind of get a jump on your AA. yeah yeah that's cool
0: so it's kind of interesting so thomas and i have known each other since before i almost before elementary school i'd say i've known thomas basically my entire life but the interesting thing is I did never go to school with him. There was never a connection there. So Thomas's school life is very different from his church life, which is where I would have known him from. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Why don't you talk a little bit
1: about, like, how church played into your social life? Uh, yeah, church... I think church has just always been kind of a part of my social life. Um... My parents have been super involved. Um, My dad was like a camp director, is still a camp director. Um,
0: But not just a camp director. He's a camp director for Awana, which if any of you out there listening were involved in evangelical Christian communities, I bet you know the word (laughs) Awana. Uh,
1: Awanas? Yeah. Uh, That is not the correct term. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, um, so it's, yeah, I, it's like, I always just tagged along when I was little, like, going to camps and stuff with them, and so it's like, by the time I was actually of age to go to the camps, it's everyone knew me, and so right. I was just like, you know, it's was the, the director's son or whatever, uh, which was weird, because everyone knew me, but I didn't know anyone, <laughs> like oh hey you know you that's kind of
0: funny because you're so introverted that seeing so many people climb around you like that is just so unnatural
1: and I was yeah I was a socially awkward homeschooler so I well I I fit in I guess
0: yeah (laughs) but so I guess growing up we really connected in youth group so I guess that would be most likely high school youth group, because I don't remember really being around in middle school too much. There's that weird gap. Yeah, yeah. Where um, you lose the fourth year mm-hmm. because of the way schooling's grouped. So I um, I would say probably, yeah, probably high school then is when we reconnected. And why don't you go a little bit into, like, who you were as a person
1: in high school? Uh, yeah, um... So I don't know, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> like I don't even know who I am now, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's what we're here to
0: talk about. The yeah. questions we still have.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I guess I was still just kind of that socially awkward kid that I, I was like the I was your like poster child of like the Sunday school kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of I don't know. I don't know if that's accurate, but, uh, yeah, I just, I went to church a lot. I hung out with my friends. We got into, you know, we did stupid stuff, you know, late night drives to Frenchman's or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, broken a
0: couple, uh, no parking signs there. Yeah. Busted up a couple
1: of poles. <laughs> you know, just dumb stuff people do in vancouver hang out in parking lots
0: (laughs) yeah there's not much to
1: do here except
0: go to portland
1: (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah so
0: i'd like to go a little bit more into like what you believed in high school like okay your church life
1: but yeah
0: uh just so much your church life your life with i guess we'll call it god because we're talking about church in this aspect so yeah let's just talk about your relationship with
1: yeah uh back then i would have definitely said uh i mean i i still believe in god and i am still would consider myself christian i guess um But back then I was, I don't know, I was more, I was definitely more involved, more serious about it. Um, and I think just with everything recently going on, I've stepped back more of from that label of evangelical Christianity and, uh, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still going through kind of all the motions and just processing and like just just doing a lot of questioning, I guess, right now um, in my faith. But, uh, yeah, back then I was definitely... Uh, there was, like, yeah, I remember there was a year or two where it was, like, super hardcore and, like, I want to go out and, like, do ministry and, like, you know, yeah pray for people on the streets and, like, that kind of stuff. Um,
0: so I guess that would probably be one of the biggest shifts I went through in my faith would probably be even bigger than the Christian shift would be the shift of point of view from proselytizing or evangelist or <laughs> evangelizing mm-hmm. to others and spreading my worldview. Um, I kind of, I kind of like what you're saying there and it's cool that you're still a Christian, but I think that it's kind of an interesting place for a lot of us to be now. Yeah. And I think that's because of what's going on in current events and the way that it's being framed around the people in the evangelical Christian community.
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, evangelical Christianity? Like, kind of (laughs) cultish? Like, American evangelical Christianity. uh, Yeah. In some ways. uh, I I think, like what you said previously, like, there is a lot of good stuff about Christianity. Um, but I think American evangelical Christianity to me is like, I'm, I'm seeing it more and more as a little bit, I don't know, politicized, I guess. Um,
0: that would be a correct word. Um, another thing I think is this is something that's been crossing my mind more and more every day is the thought that um, Christianity, in the way that it's worshipped and practiced today, Mm -hmm. is um, Protestantism from the Catholic religion, which was a co-opted version of Christianity by the Roman church.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And so part of me wonders if there's this deep inner working... Story at play within the Christian myth in the way that we perceive it in America and in the West as a whole. And so yeah. I would group the UK, uh, even Australia, and some of these other countries where we're seeing some of the same right uh, wing shift. Yeah. Um, I would say all of that's kind of maybe almost grouped together because the, their perspectives are already primed and ready to back the institution that they're underneath. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from the way that we look at verses like, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Jesus was willing to give taxes if you're going to involve yourself in the marketplace system, but that's not even the conversation Jesus was involving himself in. Mm -hmm. Because at the same time, Jesus involved himself in... um, Civil disobedience, uh, especially with the way he was involved in the temple, like uh,
1: his protest. Uh, You mean uh, flipping over tables and uh, getting a whip and whipping people left and right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, I mean, so obviously Jesus is not talking about following the law of man above the law of God. Mm-hmm. But he's got this weird divide where he, in one sentence, turns and talks to somebody and says that, um, like, well, what should I do with this coin? It has Caesar's face on it. Yeah. Like, well, could I give it to Caesar? Mm-hmm. You know? But then at the same time turns and um, acts actively... Um, follows through with civil disobedience to the government in power yeah and then is led to punishment and persecution and ultimately death by the hands of that government yep um and yet somehow his followers are the people promoting the death penalty and fighting against civil rights and promoting state violence yeah and so somewhere there's a disconnect and i feel like that disconnect somewhere comes across in the translation from Hebrew to Latin. I think it goes that far back. And what what would you say on that? Do you think it's all today? or?
1: Um... Well, I mean, I think... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it... It definitely, like, goes back to when our country was founded. Because... Um, Uh, you know, people always talk about, like, we are, you know, we're founded on, you know, Christian values and beliefs, um, you know, in God we trust, uh, we have that on our coins and stuff, um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, and I think I'm
0: saying it goes even farther back than just America being involved in Christianity and Protestantism. Yeah. I think it has something to do with, kind of like what I'm saying with the point of this podcast, where we need to go back and look at individual myths uh, yeah. stories we're not even saying are in play anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Because they affect the way we perspectively view our world currently. Yeah. Um, so I think that's part of the problem we're kind of seeing with, evangelical Christianity, but I'm open to the idea that this is uh, more an American centralized problem. Mm -hmm. Um, I just kind of highly doubt it. I think this is a more human issue. And I think we see that with the fact that the protests got spread worldwide. Yeah, And um, one of the things I find most interesting is even though I thought the protests were kind of dying everywhere out except Mm -hmm. for the West Coast, we recently heard about Kenosha and Wisconsin. Yeah. And so part of me still wonders, okay, so is the whole world still protesting with us? like, yeah. And we're just not hearing about it anymore. So then if that were the case, I would explain that this is a more human problem in the sense that we need to reevaluate the way we are currently doing government with the technologies we have. Yeah. So... With that in mind, um, what do you think about the sudden upsurge in support and also <laughs> hatred towards Biden? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? Wait, real quick. Why don't we just take take some whiskey, real quick, <laughs> like season? you know, take a,
1: take a shot, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was yeah.
0: Yeah, that that's not
1: easy. Um. So the uh, uh can you repeat the question? So basically, <laughs> uh,
0: what do you think about all this like uh, support, like sudden support for Biden and all this, like also the people who just seem to all of a sudden hate him? Like, where do you think this is coming from? Where do you stand uh, on it?
1: Yes, it's uh, so a lot because I think most people would agree that they don't like either candidate. Um, right. You know Biden, <laughs> Biden and Trump are both like. Well, comparatively, I I think Trump is way worse, but
0: right. Uh, but it's like comparing a geriatric old man to Hitler.
1: Like, yeah. not exactly, but... It, to me, it's like, it just kind of feels like the 2016 election all over again, where it's just like, yeah, I hate both candidates, but, you know, it's like, pick your poison. Yeah. What, what Do you want this poison that's going to be, like, a lot worse, or do you want this poison that's going to be like, eh, it's going to be mild, but maybe, a, maybe on, a slow death.
0: <laughs> I saw somebody on Twitter today who said... Um, that if Biden doesn't win this is our last real election Huh? and I uh, <laughs> I just kind of laughed at myself because I was like wait we had problems with the DNC and Bernie in 2016 yeah. we haven't had a real election in like six years at least mm-hmm. so
1: <laughs>
0: I mean we could go even farther back and I could really push boundaries but you know I'm not going to argue with anyone on that but yeah, basically since we've Proven that there is voter fraud. I mean, we should look at this as a fraudulent election anyway. I think. Yeah. But I don't want to dive too deep into that. We've got enough covering politics lately. I'm actually um, gonna be sitting down with a political podcast host here. Right? Oh Come yeah, yeah. Really I think you, yeah. You told me that. Yep. Yeah. It's gonna be dope. So anyway, we're gonna kind of move back to a specific moment in history. I think. Um, There was a time in your and my life Oh yes Back when we were involved heavily in church Oh yes (laughs) Where we were discussing Spiritual warfare quite a bit
1: Oh yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, specifically Angels and demons And I would like to say um, While my views are not exactly the same I do feel like I was onto something Even back then with um, when it comes to fourth dimensional beings and the uh, possibilities,
1: yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so um, like we're just gonna kind of freeform it here, but I'm thinking about um, did you hear about what the New York Times released about uh, the CIA
1: uh, when it pertains to aliens? Uh, I saw that they uh, released a uh, video basically of they didn't they didn't call them ufos they called them something else u
0: a these unmanned aerial vehicles or something like that yeah
1: some, something like that but uh they released like i think a video or two from the like navy uh from like a few years ago or something and yeah, it's like TikTok video and they're with... just like yeah we don't know what this is right and it's like oh Yeah, I guess now we have
0: aliens. (laughs) So here's my thought on that. So first off, I think we kind of got to go back to um, what I was about to say about the fourth dimensional beings. So I used to have this huge theory that um, angels are fourth dimensional beings. And some of these sightings that people have of angels are kind of the moments when um, they perfectly align. Because uh, a fourth dimensional being would be able to manipulate uh, space in the same way we're able to manipulate the three dimensions that are in our um, dimensional
1: reality. So, so it's like a uh, celestial being with the... Uh Uh, Space stone. Yeah, yeah, exactly, (laughs) (laughs) So, So here's my next thought. What if those aliens... The the Tesseract? Is the Tesseract the space... I don't know. Anyway. I don't actually remember. I think the Tesseract was technically the space stone. Yeah.
0: You know, if I actually was ever going to do an episode about comic books, I lost the guy that
1: was going to be... Well, I guess you'll just have to do it with me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, um... What if these crabs are actually um beings from another dimensional plane instead of from another spatial plane? Yeah, that I mean I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> well, we're just kinda spitballing here, so you know, just kind of like It could it could be. Tell me what you're thinking about aliens. Like, what do you think?
1: I think you know I'm not going to really believe it until I see it, but, I mean, with how big our universe is, like, why not? Like, there could be life out there. Yeah. Well, and,
0: uh, one thing, I know you haven't been involved in any sort of psychedelic use, correct? Uh,
1: I mean, other than, like, one time when I took two edibles, that's about as psychedelic. As psychedelic as I got
0: <laughs> You know, people are always telling me And I hear from doctors all the time That it, or a marijuana can be a psychedelic Yeah And I always just I, I have a hard time with that one Because I've never personally had a psychedelic experience with it But I, you know, I'll let that go
1: It's <laughs> Maybe it's psychedelic for others <laughs> I don't know I mean it, it probably wasn't that You know, psychedelic Compared to other stuff I haven't done any other stuff, so I don't know. (laughs) Well, so just one of the most interesting
0: things I've found when I was on acid is the way that you feel so interconnected with the earth and also the way that I felt cyclical in nature. Mm -hmm. Um, When I had this uh, very specific experience out in the woods where I took uh, just over two tabs of acid and I was sitting around a fire with my friends. and I looked inside the fire and I could see in the embers almost like the history of humanity and civilization in that fire. Yeah. In in the fact that I could see the way that cities and people's lives rise and fall just a new new cities, a new energy and it's all going somewhere but where is it going? You know, it's kind of making the fire. Yeah. And so in that sense like the earth is almost our fire. But what's to say in this vast space that there's not multiple other fires and then uh when you think about how cyclical we are in nature and the way that matter moves around the universe i have this axiom for reincarnation Mm -hmm. which kind of holds true that at least we are reincarnated through every single atom in our body being reused because matter is neither created nor destroyed so everything that we are now will be something the moment after we die again for sure yeah So, if some of that travels through space, who's to say that that's not going to grow into more life? And then we have to decide even what is life. Yeah. You know, we could run across alien life that has no resemblance to life we've seen on our own planet. Yeah. And currently, actually, I was just reading an article today where they were talking about how scientists are looking at um, photons, in light, and Mm. trying to decide whether or not that's actually possibly a life form. Yeah. So, it gets kind of crazy, and I think that if you are completely close-minded to
1: the idea of aliens today, then you are not paying attention. I mean, I don't know, I think it'd be kind of cool if aliens existed, as long as they don't try to blow us up, like they do in, like, every alien thing ever.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, one of these days... I plan on going to Mars, so if my kids and their kids are friends with some aliens, I would not be
1: unhappy. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I feel like I saw something recently where, uh, you know, all the pics and stuff from, you know, that the Mars rover takes or whatever, yeah. like Mars and all that. Is like it's just aliens putting up like a little like <laughs> picture of like a desert landscape. <laughs> uh, just like you don't, and then like and behind it is like a sprawling like alien city. How <laughs> funny would that be? <laughs> Oh man! Just, no, like, tricking us. It, I did have that th-
0: something like that, one day, yeah. where I was thinking, like, what if there were aliens and like their first instinct when the rover landed was to get somebody to go on and just like plaster <laughs> a picture over <laughs> the camera lens. For sure. And yeah. so we're just like rolling around. We're just like, wow, Mars is so deserted. Yeah, but I, th- I think they've collected like dirt samples or something. Oh, for sure, and we have pictures of different areas of the yeah. planet's surface, and we have them from satellites that match with the ground, so.
1: They're all just living underground.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I actually did a paper in school once about, uh, the possibility of life on Mars, and if there was going to be life in our solar system somewhere else, that's where it would be. Yeah. Because it's quite rich in carbon dioxide, but there's not really life.
1: Um, well, they did, uh, This was, I think, this was like a year or two ago, um, or like two years ago. They found uh, like a giant frozen lake on Mars. Correct. Yeah. Um, And I know there's, uh, because I was, I was taking an astronomy class actually. Right. Um, and uh, we were talking about. uh, I think there's another. There's like a moon of Jupiter. I want to say that uh, scientists have also like kind of. um, Io. There's one that's like I think just like frozen. Yeah, basically. Iowa is mostly ice. Yeah. yeah, I think you can if you're an astronomer. Because I don't I'm not, I'm or an
0: mean, astrologer, astrologist. Duh. Astro- Astro- <laughs> astrology, bro. We've What's been th- drinking. <laughs> no, but if you uh, want to correct me
1: somewhere, go <laughs> ahead and get me on. If you're Twitter. a Virgo, <laughs> it is Virgo season. <laughs> is it really? Uh, I believe it is. Damn, yeah. stupid Libra over here. Uh, Scorpio (laughs) No (laughs) no one likes us (laughs)
0: Dang Dang Uh, Especially I thought I was actually A Scorpio for years Because my sisters Had this little uh, Pink Barbie computer Growing up Mm. It was like a fake laptop And one of the Quote unquote apps Or games I had on there Was an astrology chart Oh And I typed in my birthday And I am on the cusp Yeah I was gonna say I think
1: you're on the You're on the cusp Yeah
0: If I was born a day later I'd be a Scorpio But I'm a Libra. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a hard Libra, too. I've got Libra Sun and Libra Moon. And a Sagittarius. I I saw
1: that on your co-star. Hey!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, since I've added you to my co-star, it makes my day so much. I honestly don't look at it that much. I made it a habit to start looking at it recently, because it's way too scary accurate. Yeah. And, like, low-key I live my life by it, but, like... (laughs) I also don't, like, let it control me. I just kind of... I kind of read it at the end of the day instead sure. of the beginning of the day because mm-hmm. I don't want to look at it as this is how I should go through my day, but I yeah. kind of look at it afterwards and I go, oh, that that feeling that I was feeling, that tension I had all day, there's almost an explanation for it now. Yeah. Even though I don't hold astrology to be an accurate science.
1: Yeah. I For me, like... Astrology is kind of the same as, uh, like the Myers Briggs or Hogwarts houses yeah. or uh, even like the Enneagram and other stuff. The where Enneagram. Enneagram, sorry, bro. Don't be out here mispronouncing the Enneagram on my <laughs>
0: podcast. We will do a whole episode on the Enneagram if you need.
1: Let's huh. let's do it. Uh, yeah. To me, it's just all those things are just are basically just tools to help you kind of learn more about yourself and kind of, I don't know, just recognize kind of general things about yourself. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't believe in using astrology or any other else to, like, guide every aspect of your life.
0: no. But I do uh think it would be interesting to kind of look in the the anthropological or historical backgrounds for astrology, yeah, because I feel like with how accurate it is how often it is, they have to be basing it off of some sort of pattern
1: yeah i I think there's definitely i don't know i i feel at least there's some sort of uh like accuracy or whatever because. I mean, they've been using it since like I don't know forever, yeah, it seems like um but I just I don't know, I feel like we're we're part of the universe, and just right. kind of that cosmic we're all yeah, we're all part of the universe and made up of stardust and all that, so you know,
0: no, we definitely are, and um universe juice <laughs>
1: universe juice.
0: Uh, get that image out of my head <laughs> Oh god, no <laughs> Sorry. I knew this was going to be an ASMR show I didn't expect that <laughs> I figured with the amount of drinks and food I had out There was bound to be some sort of uh, Extra sound effects But Thomas and I have actually been kind of uh, potting up In this pandemic in a sense We have um, our safe, safety net of friends that we have kind of like an AOK. you can kind of meet up with these people. Mm-hmm. Thomas is one of them. So we were able to actually sit down and record a um, session together. Plus the fact that I've had to go through multiple testing in the last month and have had all my results come back negative. So I don't quite have the monetary expenses to do this like Joe Rogan does his podcast where he
1: tests his guests every episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Otherwise... I'd be all about that. I mean, I would. Could totally go and get my mask. No,
0: <laughs> no, you're okay. We have our drinks. We have done this before. I've been tested multiple times since we have interacted, and I'm, and I know you are quarantining to the best of your ability. So, um, you know, this COVID thing is serious. None of us are forgetting about it. It's just, um, it's hard when you go outside and you watch people actively participating in yeah making things harder and difficult no less safe for the rest of us.
1: Yeah. I was uh actually uh watching uh Parks and, Rec, Parks and Rec uh last night and uh I was like I was just like wait, why aren't they why aren't they wearing masks? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> This is not reality <laughs>
0: you know what got me though was when somebody pointed out that and how i met your mother they have an episode where they go back to 2020 and they flashback. uh-huh and there's no masks everyone's sitting around a table they're at a high school mm. reunion <laughs> <laughs> all stuff that was not happening this year <laughs> yeah yeah So how have you been coping, like, mental health-wise, with COVID?
1: Oh, terribly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like like, Like the rest of us. Like, honestly. uh, I think it's just... It's weird, because, like, I've been depressed, like, before and stuff. But this is, like... This is just more of, like... I feel just kind of, like, drained. Yeah. Like like my energy is just being, you know, just with everything going on. And it's like, I'm, yeah, it's just, it's just weird. And, um, I just don't, I don't have a lot of motivation to do like, you know, the things like my creative outlets, you know, writing. And I I just don't have a lot of motivation to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm just kind of like living and... (laughs) Surviving. Surviving.
0: (laughs) I can feel that to a point. I um, have had multiple points throughout this pandemic where I have basically lost connection, basically, with what I would call the muse or um, the way I write musically, the connection I have to the way the notes sound even almost my connection to music I felt like I was losing it and the only things I could focus on were survival Yeah, I think a lot of us have do you you know much about Spiral Dynamics? Uh, not a lot (laughs) okay well there is this idea in Spiral Dynamics and for those of you listening I will um, make sure to do an episode specifically on this so I'm going to do a quick hit on it and we'll get back to it but there's a color specifically at the beginning of it because it's the um, it's the theory of human evolution and human civilization over time. Okay. Um, so the first color would be beige, which is the survival instinct that all of us have where it uh, points out what is the... Basically, the primal instincts and the primal drives
1: we have as humans. So does uh does this kind of like go back to uh what is it maslow's hierarchy of needs where it's like kind of yeah it's a similar theory um Mm -hmm. my
0: my point bringing up the color beige and the way that it plays into today is um i feel like a lot of people and i only really want to speak for americans right now because i don't want to reach out and explain how other countries have handled this and how their citizens are feeling yeah but here there's just this constant set of sense of dread and um feeling of almost not like we're alone but that we're down to our inner groups yeah um basically like we are almost back to tribes where we need to know where our next meal is coming from.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And in some ways, I think this is a refreshing jump, but in a lot of ways, it comes up as repressing or repressive of our artistic sides, the sides Mm -hmm. that free time offers us. Yeah. So... Uh, And I honestly can't believe we've made it this freaking far in the podcast and I haven't mentioned any of your poetry because Thomas here is an insane poet. He's got some beautiful
1: work and uh, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. Commies, commies everywhere! Constant vigilance. It's a Red Dead Redemption red scare too. Nazis in our home, Nazis on the street, Nazis everywhere, and Nazis all I see. Need defense against the dark arts to see who hides under the mask. Polyjuice, polymorph. Can't trust the government. It's a communist takeover. Hit myself to fix myself like I'm the Mars rover. Constant vigilance. Enemy unknown. Enemy unseen. UAV online. Going dark. Going blind. Turn around, leave the future behind Backwards driven, everything fine Take him in the night, take him in the day Hide your face, never leave a trace It's just law and order, Order 66 to keep the peace Death of liberty with thunderous applause Empire strikes back, can't hit pause Keep on fighting for the cause Rebel alliance fighting back, showing our defiance Call a galactic civil war torpedo to the core Time to break off the yoke of Vader and the Force choke Young Jedi Red 5 standing by So tell me did you post a black square Never say anything again Post a. Hashtag just to brag, how could you be such a gullible, uninformed, commie, liberal agenda They even got Mitt Romney Don't listen to what the useless idiots This party's over, cause you won't like me when I'm mad Controlled passion, purple lightsaber Channeling my dark side like a bay pad Non-emotional, just a little mad I'm moody, toxic religion, annoying pigeon Yeah, it won't stop shitting Trump's election, Sozin's comment. Yeah, I wanna vomit Pledge allegiance to the Fire Nation This a home invasion Gas yes, up like the Geneva Convention Don't matter, down, down the rabbit hole Pandemic tanking, it's toll No war embossing, say, just wear a mask That's all I ask this the year we fight a Tarasque. Divine intervention, I pray.
0: I know you said you've been struggling with your writing, but have you found sometimes, like, so, name a point like almost in this uh, pandemic where writing has helped you? Has it, or has it been more of a? Um,
1: not. I haven't done this like as much as I've been wanting, but like sometimes just. I've occasionally I've just like journaled a little bit. Um Okay. Just journaling, like what's going on in the world and how I feel about it has honestly helped. Um and it's weird because like I feel like some of my other like writing is not I haven't really done much with that and I haven't really felt very motivated with that, but I think in a lot of other ways, because of what's going on, it's bringing out a lot different, like, poetry and um, just music and other stuff that I wouldn't normally, you know, be doing.
0: Yeah. Well, I've heard some of your more recent pieces while you've been working through this protest. Yeah. Yeah. kind of like me i had to write that one piece i heard uh one of your pieces kind of like dealing with the emotions and stress that today's bringing us and uh i know for me that brought a lot of peace have you found that like sharing your art has been helpful or have you just kind of like been keeping most of it to yourself
1: um i've shared bits and pieces of some of it uh i think yeah, some of it, I don't, I don't know if everyone uh, would uh, enjoy uh, on uh, a certain political spectrum.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> True, but you know, you're also safe on this podcast because the host of this show wrote oh. a song called Fuck
1: Well. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know.
0: <laughs> so, um, honestly but it's kind of an interesting concept because it goes back to the roots of why... You want some more? Oh, sure. Yeah, the roots of why we, recre- we create as people. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times I think we jump to the conclusion that we create as people to express ourselves to others, which I think is a huge part of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But one of the things this pandemic has specifically shown me is how much I personally write for my own sake yeah and to understand my own emotions because i understand myself better when i'm forcing myself constantly to write things out every day Mm -hmm. because i force things out of myself that i didn't even realize i was viewing yeah and uh I just think it's an interesting perspective that you're saying that you keep a lot of your art to yourself. So do you view yourself as more of... I guess we'd have to define terms here, but I'm just going to loosely say introverted or extroverted artist in the sense of, is your art for you or is your
1: art for others? I guess at this point, mostly for myself, um, I think part of that's just, like, being a little hesitant to share with others because, I don't know, I feel like maybe it's not good enough or, you know, just that I don't know if this is actually good or worth sharing or if I'm just, you know, crap. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, But Well, I think one of the most interesting things that I've
0: seen today is the amount of crap that is monetized versus the amount of gold. Mm-hmm. that goes by under the radar and nobody oh, ever notices it. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's more important for you as an artist to decide for yourself when's the right time to share. And I think any any thought or perspective put towards the monetary value of your work is detrimental to you as an art- artist. Mm-hmm. Because the moment you start creating to sell your work, you're gonna start making different work. Yeah. So, I honestly just, I personally view some of your art, and I, I see a rawness to it, and even when it's not the best poem I've ever read in the world, it's heartfelt and it's emotion that I feel. mm mm-hmm. So. Um, One of the most interesting things I see as an artist, though, is the way that people can misinterpret your lyrics and read them their own way. And I don't even mean that as in they disagree with you. They just have their own interpretation of Mm -hmm. your piece of art. For sure. So one of the things I'd love to be able to give you the opportunity to do is maybe share a piece of art that's important to you and we get to kind of break it down if you'd like. Uh yeah, we can we can do that. So, when you create, where do you create from? What's your what's your inspiration? Do you have like a specific form that you found is easiest for you to create in? Um
1: I think I think sometimes it just sometimes it just happens like you know, sometimes you don't Sometimes I do try and, like, sit down and be like, okay, I kind of want to, like, work on this, or I have this idea. But I think sometimes it's just, like, it's almost like a reaction to what's going on around me. Um, And so sometimes it just happens, you know. Or, you know, sometimes you go down, you sit down to work on, you know, one song or whatever, and then a different song comes out, and you're like, where did that
0: come from? Right.
1: Or, Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like
0: you're a passenger on a ride somewhere Mm -hmm. instead of driving the car. And you, as the artist, basically your job is to climb into the passenger seat,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: to let the art move you. And I kind of run across that a lot. And I think it's funny. I have this experience when I write a lot, and then I go back and I reread my own lyrics. And I have this strange epiphany about the way i'm viewing the world kind of like i was saying before where Mm -hmm. i have things come out because of the habit of writing every day that i wouldn't have come out otherwise yeah uh do you have this uh relationship with your art where you almost learn about yourself through your art or are you more viewing the world through your art Both? No question mark. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it's not... I'm not trying to cut this down to a single dichotomy. I mean, this whole thing is... Um Art is this huge, expansive, hard subject oh. to discuss.
1: Oh, def- definitely.
0: And the same way that God is almost an undefinable word, I think yeah. art is another one of those words. Mm-hmm. Kind of like love, you know? There's yeah. like this list of words yeah. that you can't just...
1: What? What love do you mean? Exactly. You can't... <laughs> can like 50 Greek words for
0: it. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Pastor Bob. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah no i i really see take a shot for that (laughs) Mm. no i really seriously see this list of words that are this undefinable quality yeah and i think art is one of them um and kind of what we're trying to do here is describe like blind men touching an elephant the part Mm. that we can feel yeah and so you know what part do you feel most like what happens to you when the muse grabs you? This undefinable quality
1: puts you in the passenger seat. I think I think sometimes it's just like... I just... Well, depend... Yeah. Sometimes it's just I have to just get this out. Um, you know? And other times it's... It's really a struggle. It's... You know, I'm like, man, I have this idea, but I just... It's not coming together. And... Um, yeah, it's—I I think that there is—I I don't know why this is about art, but it seems like sometimes the best or most, like, profound art, a lot of times, comes out of kind of a—from, uh, from, you know, being very depressed or very, yeah. you know, very—this uh, emotional response to— you know, things around us, or inner trauma, whatever. Well, I mean, let's look
0: at some of the greatest artists mm-hmm. in history is right there. I mean, Edgar Allan Poe, one of the greatest authors of all time, yeah. died a very sad death in uh, a ditch. Vincent Van Gogh. Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. The same, um, there's actually this... I, I love Vincent Van Gogh art. I don't know. Oof. I don't so, know why. <laughs> so here's actually this funny story. Just, I have, just saying. <laughs> I have a separate fam- famous painter from a similar area. His name is Asidre Nono. Okay. Uh Sidre was a famous painter in
1: Spain. But but name sounds familiar, drawing. Yeah,
0: actually Isidre is a name that I use in my art because it's kind of like little homage to the guy. Yeah. He um painted the poor and the destitute in Spain in this very um almost van Goghish style where it was mm-hmm. kind of minimalist. Yeah. Um but it was almost more like you were looking at people through a fog Hmm. and i really related to his artwork and he also died a fairly sad and early death along with um in music there's the whole idea of 20 the 27 club which do you know what the 27 club is i have no idea (laughs) yeah okay well the 27 club is the list of artists uh Some of them among them, the Beatles, uh, you have Mac Miller is one of the most recent members to join, Tupac, um, artist who died by the age of 27. Um, Mm. There's also another myth tied in with that, the myth of the white bit glider, that they had a white bit glider in their left pocket when they died, kind of signifying that it's a left-handed 27-year-old artist thing. Huh just kind of this interesting concept
1: weird i never knew about that
0: yeah well so there's just like this history even though the club is kind of not really real and there's some people who died older and slightly younger that are kind of thrown into the club um it's just kind of points out that beautiful art and the art that a lot of people resonates comes Mm -hmm. from this deep pain yeah kind of like what you're saying so um I think that's one of the things we're tapping into when we tap into art, is we're tapping into that collective pain. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the most beautiful things, and this is the extroverted side of art, where as an artist we get to share these emotions and our views on experiences and also who we are, and Mm -hmm. that gets tied existentially to your music. The moment it leaves and somebody else Mm -hmm. listens to it, it's a very raw feeling because it's like showing somebody a new part of or new side of yourself yeah um so there's there's this weird thing now where people talk about separating the art artists from the art and i think the artists almost have a harder time than the listeners from separating
1: yeah i i can definitely see that
0: well, because it's a side of, it's a piece of you.
1: Yeah. And it's part of the reason why
0: when artists get to look back at old songs, you usually hear them talk about their old music, either with disdain stain or some sort of like, well, you know, it was a piece mm-hmm.
1: of my journey, but I, I don't like yeah, it that's now. honestly like exactly how I view my stuff is like, that was part of, that was part of my journey, but that's like not... Yeah. Where I'm at on the journey right now.
0: Oh man, I could tell you basically every song on my Spotify <laughs> except for maybe two. And oh god, especially my SoundCloud. <laughs> if I were to look at that list, I would probably find one or two songs. And I was like, yeah, those are the ones I want you to listen to if you want to figure out who I am as an artist. But yeah. I've got some old stuff on there tearing through some difficult memories. Yeah. So, I mean, but. I I do. I kind of have that view where it's more like I look back on it and it's like, well, it's a part of who I am. It's a part of my
1: journey. Mm-hmm. I can't hate it. Yeah. So, oh, I I mean, I can I can shit all over <laughs> myself <laughs> and my my stuff like, "Oh man, that was bad." But you know what? Like I can still like be proud of myself and like, right. "Hey, I I did that and you know, work on improving you know what i'm working on now oh man i you know
0: some of your pieces really have resonated with me and uh while i look that up real quick why don't you go ahead and tell people where they can find your music uh
1: you can find me on soundcloud at thomas Crawford. (laughs) it's nothing fancy uh i just yeah most time i just kind of doodle around and
0: well, so how would you describe yourself? Are you a musician or are you a poet? Uh,
1: well, I have been playing piano since I was about nine. Uh, I took lessons for about three years. Um, and then I just kind of started playing on my own. Right. And most of the time I just, you know, doodle around, do my own thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't really know how to label my, <laughs> what I do. I kind of just put it in you know all of the above rap the, poetry, spoken word, yeah, whatever you wanna, yeah, call it really, yeah, no, I definitely understand
0: um, um, oh man, and I have to say, one of my favorite things you ever made was uh Uta man, oh you man, Uda <laughs> man, Uda man is one of my favorite tracks by you um if you guys- uh, i did I did
1: not expect that one <laughs> seriously no. oh no. <laughs>
0: That one, frustration. Guys, go
1: give a listen to Thomas Crawford I, Frustration. That one. Uh, I think that's one of the ones. So I wrote a bunch of these, this stuff out in the summer of twenty sixteen, um, okay. and that's like one of the ones from that time that like has still just like stuck with me. Yeah. Um, because it was, I mean, it was kind of honestly about current events then about, you know, terrorist attacks and division and, uh, you know, cops killing black people. Yeah. Um, and so it's still, like, very relevant to me <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with everything going on. No, it's, it's kind of like since
0: 2016, we've just ramped up. So I can see why you feel
1: that way. Yeah. Um, and that was also just, like, a time in my life where, I mean, that was a really, like, weird summer. Because I feel like, for me, it was, like, there was a lot of stuff that was, like, negative. But it was also, like, the summer where Pokemon Go came out and, like, yeah. everyone was just super nice. But we also had clowns running around with knives and stuff. And yeah. clown running for office who then became the president. Well, I mean, <laughs> 2016,
0: I don't know about you... Because, um, oh, man, 2016, I just had so much going on. It was right after—it hadn't even been a year yet between the presidential election yeah. and when my dad had tried to kill himself. I had so much going on in my own personal life. I was trying to figure out so much shit for myself that I had no time to focus on what was going on in our state. yeah. Let alone the country. So, like, yeah, I knew there was stuff going on, especially with those killer clouds. Like, God damn it, that was the weirdest <laughs> shit. And I think that's when uh, it came out. Well, the, uh, the new one. Yeah, and I think part of it was promotional. I yeah. Think. I don't know how much of that was like people were actually doing that and yeah. getting hurt. Um, there was a couple weird. I think it was a promotional thing that some weirdos heard about.
1: Yeah. And then
0: yeah. took it too far. That's it was just weird it was really weird anyway but like in 2016 the first time Trump got elected I just wasn't as politically active
1: so I I always will remember that day because the day he it was found out basically that he became president was my birthday my 18th birthday fuck and so I just and it was on a Wednesday and so (laughs) I was like going to classes and like You could just Everyone was just depressed And it was just the weirdest Like 18th (laughs) birthday ever It was like Everyone's depressed It
0: probably felt like Somebody died at
1: school God damn (laughs) Yeah that's That's basically What it was like It was like Okay Yep Everyone's depressed Happy birthday to me Yay (laughs) (laughs) Yeah
0: I was I was just kinda like My parents were really happy And I was just like So what it's a, uh, like, it's an idiot in office. Yeah. Like, what's gonna change? And boy, was I wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely, in the beginning, I was like, oh, like, I guess we'll see how this goes. Like, okay. And when
0: in Trump's election, like, what was the nail in the coffin for you? Because, like, honestly, and I'm almost embarrassed by this, but, like, I was... Very convinced that not that Trump was a good president by any means, mm-hmm. but that he was a terrible president, but he wasn't the worst one we'd ever had, and we could vote him out next term and it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. And then 2019 rolled around, and it was right around the time that COVID was announced in China and his responses. Okay. That that nail was just solidified for me, and I was like, "Okay, this man is trying to take over our country in a fascist
1: manner." Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think kind of similar, honestly. Like, I always, I was never like, "Oh, like," I, I I was like, "I I never liked Trump." Well, yeah. But I always just kind of like made fun of him, and right. it was just kind of like. I don't know i i i always considered myself a moderate yeah and uh i think just with the pandemic and then kind of probably just right after when the protests and everything started like with george floyd in minneapolis and all that well that's on. when i was just like this man is like clearly i don't know how you cannot see that he's like Racist, like. Well, and that's the point where they
0: gave us no choice at all, for it to be either you are right wing or you are an extreme leftist.
1: Yeah, it was like, it's like I've I've always considered myself to be more like moderate and like not, you know, kind of in the middle. But now I'm I'm just like I I can't I like I have to like being being able to be moderate and being. Uh, you know, not caring about politics. Like, yeah. That's, kind of, that's okay. kind of white privilege, honestly. <laughs> and, uh, well,
0: and we grew up in that sense. I grew up very much the same way where I yeah. felt of myself as an independent moderate.
1: Yeah. But the, it's like, I don't want to take sides. I just want to be Switzerland. I just want to have all the gold and cheese and chocolate and stay out of the war. But that's know? the
0: privilege of not being chased <laughs> down by hey, cops Exactly. From the day you're born. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I, I agree with you. It's a hard time for us to be living in, and it's why I personally am balls deep in this session, you know? Yeah. I am dunking my nugs in that cooler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, t- I think TikTok <laughs> actually radicalized me, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> TikTok. It was definitely Twitter for me. Yeah, I got, on, I got onto, like, political TikTok and ever since then. I was like, yeah.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's so funny that we got back to politics because it's been so
1: just
0: all-encompassing. I don't don't mean to. (laughs) I don't know. No, but it is. It's all-encompassing. It's literally taken over my art almost right now. Oh, yeah, definitely, for sure, me too. Because of how much it's describing the way we live, it's just like, that is what I need to talk about. It is the current pain I am struggling with. In other parts of my life, it has been depression, it's been family family issues Mm -hmm. it's been the problem with my dad's suicide it's been uh, girlfriends yeah this is tyrannical government this Mm -hmm. is why the second amendment was written yeah so I don't know I just I'm struggling with that but I just like to say your art has really been helpful to me so why don't you go ahead and uh do you have a piece that you wanted to share Well, I can, uh,
1: share frustration. (laughs) Perfect. I got a lot on my mind. I think you'll find I got a lot of thoughts to unbind. This is me unhinged, so watch me unwind. Cause deep down, anxiety seeps, I worry and distress, this world, our country is a mess. Terror fear and hate, so many wrongs that need to be righted, how come we're the United States but it feels so divided? Cops kill blacks, let's face the facts, we're scared of terror attacks, does no one care? I'm tired of everyone throwing a fit, when did we all become so sensitive, it's time we show true grit, and fight the defect of being politically correct. And yeah, it's not our fair, can't deny I'm scared But Hillary or Trump. Don't give me politics, put them both in the dump. Cause our country needs a fix. And deep down I know no one can mend it on their own. We've reaped what we sown, but why is my generation to blame? That's just lame. And for goodness sake, is everyone fake? They're all done and gone. Was it all just a con? Cause no one commits to anything. Who let the flames die out? Oh, don't leave me here to pout. I've got nothing to show. I'm at a complete loss. Pain of frustration. What's wrong with our nation? Why the stagnation? I'm getting impatient. Cause were quick to shame and accuse and whose side do I choose was it all just a ruse because actions speak loud in the words and here I am spilling my guts I know it sucks being stuck in the ruts But I know exactly what I've said I got this far And I am not dead So follow my thread Because while in fear We grope I still have hope I won't wallow in sorrow While believing in a better tomorrow Because this generation can be more So many options To be whatever we want To be or do some good And in my heart I know we're willing to fight To stop injustice And stand up for what's right The future may seem dark But I see a great light The fire hasn't gone out Quite yet It's gonna burn bright And I'll do my best Not to fret My final match I haven't met So on your mark Get ready set Because the enemy and he has a new threat. So hopefully you follow my flow I'm still trying to grow But no matter here we go Gotta believe in what's true You gotta let your passion fill you Don't you see everyone has purpose and destiny It's my duty to see and bring out the beauty We all have flaws That's okay, we'll fight for our cause We all got giants in our life Pain and strife But remember the bigger they are The harder they fall So get you slinging your pebbles We're ready to make trouble We small but be staying tall Knowing our call So stand firm, do not fear God is near, Walking in his power Bring his kingdom here It's our hour, so good grief Let's live out a belief So do or do not there is no try. I'm living big and free until the day I die. Cause I'm feeling frustrated, second-rated, awaited, updated. If you couldn't tell already, I'm frustrated, frustrated with everything going on in the world and in my life. I'm so frustrated, frustrated, frustrated. And if you couldn't tell already, say it once again, I'm so frustrated. I mean, the first part, I'm just, you know, saying I've got a lot on my mind, which I did. Like, When I, I think when I first wrote this, um, I think I, I I think I, I don't know if I wrote like several different, uh, what kind of became songs or whatever in like one night. Okay. But I just, I know like it was one night where I wrote like pretty much all of this, like just, I just sat down and was like, went at it, you know? Um, Yeah. and, uh, and then obviously over time I kind of, you know, made a little changes and. Did stuff, but uh yeah, so it's just I got a lot on my mind. I think you'll find I got a lot of thoughts to unbind. This is me and hid so much, me and wine, and that's kind of the uh intro, I guess. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, and then uh deep down anxiety seeps, I worry and distress, this world, our country is a mess. Terror, fear and hate, so many wrongs that need to be righted. How come we're the United States, but it feels so divided? cops kill blacks let's face the facts we're scared of terror attacks does no one care i'm tired of everyone throwing a fit when did we all become so sensitive it's time we show true grit and fight the defect of being politically correct and that was just kind of about all the um obviously there was a lot of uh terror attacks um and stuff uh I don't remember what what everything was that was going on at the time. It's uh, hard to
0: keep it straight.
1: Yeah, uh, there's just been so much, but uh there's also but that's when I I don't even remember what the uh police shootings, which ones those were at the time, but it was like that was like a huge thing. Yeah. I remember um and it was just kind of about everyone talking about political correctness and Um, uh, just people being sensitive and like yeah it was just a lot of like why can't we just like get through this and um, not not to like that kind of makes it sound like I was trying to like negate what was going on in the world at the time, which is not what I was uh, trying to. What I wasn't trying to do, but um, yeah, it's just how all of the things that were going on, you know, like at the time, especially with the election and everything coming up, it made our country feel so divided. And you know, people are like, "Oh, why can't we?" You know, just talking about people trying to be politically correct
0: um well and when did this sensitivity like okay so this is a line that really shoots out to me is this when did we all become so sensitive it's time we should show true grit and fight the defect of being politically correct
1: yeah uh the
0: defect of being politically correct
1: yeah and that's I'm I'm just trying to... Can I tell you how I see that line? Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. So, when I'm reading that, I see the defect of political correctness being the miscommunication. So, we show true grit as in persevering past the miscommunications and searching for the true meaning behind the words. And so, in that, we fight the defect of forcing ourselves to word everything in a way as not to uh offend anyone which causes us to negate or uh leave behind certain ideas mm-hmm. literally because of the words used to describe them yeah rather than the substance of the idea
1: mm-hmm. yeah i think now that you kind of brought that up i think it was it was definitely about um i just i think people just get offended at certain like words or labels um and i guess part of it was just like why can't we just call it what it is i guess yeah um but yeah and then yeah it's not all fair um just the stuff going on can't deny i'm scared uh, and Hillary or Trump, I don't care for politics, both of them in the dumps. That really reflected my, uh, moderatism yeah. uh, back then. Uh, well,
0: and I also just think it points out how both Hillary and Joe have both been, like, the worst candidates that could <laughs> run against Trump. It's
1: like, yeah, really? Definitely. definitely. Uh, can we get a aoc uh next year or next uh, election
0: unfortunately she is 30 this year yeah uh, two two elections from now no, so <laughs> we're just gonna secede and hand her cascadia oh there, <laughs> there we go um aoc please come to the west coast we love you and we want you here
1: yeah, leave new does. york behind we need you in seattle I'll take a shot to that <laughs> <laughs> amen all right um our country needs a fix, deep down I know, no one can mend it on their own. Uh we've reaped what we've sown, but why is my generation to blame? That's just lame. Uh so that was kind of like I I think that was kind of a callback to like Trump and Hillary where it's like not one candidate or president or person is going to be able to like fix our country. Like, we have to like come together and, like, work together to, you know, fix our issues.
2: Well, and that uh, literally
1: holds true today. Oh, oh, definitely.
0: <laughs> like, we're in the exact same situation then. Yeah. And those words ring just as
1: true. And, and this is why I come back to this. Um, yeah. And then uh, we reap what we sown. That's just kind of, you know, dealing with our past, uh, our past coming back to, you know, bite us. And why is my generation blamed? There's just, I feel like there's a lot of people like, oh, millennials or Gen Z. They're such a terrible generation. They don't do anything for themselves or whatever. And I, I'm just saying, I love my generation. I'm technically a general Zer. No. I'm like on the cusp. It's Are like, you? It it, it kind of depends on...
0: I, think, I thought you were in my generation, which is the generation... Uh, technically, we're like called generation <laughs> fucked which means we're in between I'm millennials <laughs> and ziers.
1: oh well yeah it we're means, like
0: we're like the weird cusp
1: where you were born between
0: 96 and 2000
1: yeah um i was just kind of considered myself a gen Zer, like or like a the, like very last of the millennials um yeah, generation like that.
0: Yeah. But well, maybe it's because I'm a '97er and I'm closer to the millennials than Zeers that I like needed to find another generation. So I went and like looked it up and was like, "Sweet, Generation Fucked fits us." <laughs> I've had a volcano explode. I've had a terrorist attack. Two economic
1: downturns. Yup. That's just, <laughs> yeah. But it's just this general like, kind of being angry about. Uh, like boomers being like blaming our generation and stuff about that.
0: Well and until we responded with okay boomer, it was really bad. <laughs> okay Boomer, shut them down
1: quit. That's that's why I love my generation. We just like make fun of everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. And for goodness sake is everyone fake. They're all done and gone. It was all just a con. No one commits to anything. Who let the flames die out? Don't leave me here to pout. Got nothing to show. I'm in a complete loss. Been a frustration. What's wrong with our nation? Why the stagnation? I'm getting impatient. Um, and I was just... Because at the time, it was like... Uh, well, you, you kind of know what was going on uh, during that time. But it was like... I got back from... So I, I spent like two... Almost two weeks in... Columbia and then I come back, and it's like my friend group was just like <laughs> disintegrated. <laughs> disintegrated, like yeah, there was this huge like falling out with others, and it's just like why? I just kind of felt like everyone kind of left me. Um, and we're quick to shame and accuse. Whose side do I choose? Was it all just a ruse? Actions speak louder than words, and here I am spilling my guts. I know it sucks being in the ruts. But I know exactly what I've said. The past is in the past. I got this far. I'm not dead, so follow my thread. Um,
0: well, I think that one line, the I'm spilling my guts, it sucks to be in the ruts. Yeah. That is almost more applicable today than it is in 2016. Mm-hmm. Because we have people out in the streets right now fighting against our government. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't know about you... But I feel emotionally drained almost every day.
1: Yeah, same,
0: same here. We really are spilling our hearts out mm-hmm. on the street. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I love
1: your poetry. <laughs> is, thank you. I. Uh, yeah, I I feel like you're putting me on a <laughs> on a pedestal, but.
0: Well, I'm not trying <laughs> to say that you're the best poet I've ever heard of because my actual favorite poem is "Grammar Toe." Uh, he has a website. If you guys want to go to GrahamMurteau.com, I also will Graham. highly recommend. He doesn't pay me. I wish he did. That'd be amazing. <laughs> but uh, I have Graham. highly related to his work.
1: I'm, I'm writing that down, Graham Murtough.
0: Yeah, Murteau is spelled M-U-R-T-A-U-G-H. And I'll make sure to throw his name at the bottom of the podcast, and I'm also going to, in the description of this episode, post all of the or post-Thomas's poem, Frustration. So you guys can read along the lyrics with us. Or lyrics. I keep describing it like a song, because... I, I don't even know how to describe my stuff. It's <laughs> just, <it's laughs>
1: spoken word, boji, rap, well, where, all of the above. So,
0: I've told you that you are a part of my label, Carpet and Core Collective, and so... I'm very honored. <laughs> I mean, so some part of that makes this music. Along with the fact that... As you guys will see, I will be replacing the middle song and in the intermission with one of Thomas's tracks to show you guys his work. Because, goddamn, is this man a genius.
1: I didn't even realize that.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I love to give my guests a little
1: uh, something extra. All right. So, uh, continuing. Uh, while in fear we grope, I still have hope. I won't wallow in sorrow while believing in a better tomorrow. Because this gen, this gen can be more. So many options to be whatever we want. To love and prevent war. To be or do some good. In my heart, I know we're willing to fight to stop injustice and stand for what's right. The future may seem dark, but I see a great light. The fire hasn't gone out quite yet. It's gonna burn bright. I'll do my best not to fret. My final match I haven't met. On your market, ready, set. The enemy has a new threat. Um, and so this is just when I wrote this, it was like the first half was very like kind of like this is all terrible, and everything sucks, yeah, and then I think kind of in the second half it was like kind of my hope and me just being the the optimist that I am, like i'm still I'm still hoping for a better tomorrow, I'm still going to. Strive and work for that better tomorrow, and I can't stay in this place of sorrow and sadness and you know, yeah, misery at everything that's going on, and I gotta like you know, fight. Um, and that's why you're racing. I loved
0: your uh, on your market where you said the metaphor comparing it to a race at the end. Can you just reread that metaphor?
1: Uh, my final match I have a man, On your mark, get ready, set. The enemy has a new threat. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The enemy
1: has a new threat. And Part of this was also kind of talking about, like... <laughs> uh, kind of what we talked about and like, spiritual warfare. Uh, uh-huh.
0: So is the enemy in that sense more... The enemy has a new threat,
1: as in the... I, I think I was more talking about just the in the sense of, like, division and chaos and, um... just general, I don't know, fear and mistrust of others, I guess.
0: Okay. Um. Well, and that's... And by no means it seems a new weapon, but it's something that lately has been growing. And I mean lately, as in the last 10 to 20 years. Oh, yeah. It's really been taking over society, and so... In that sense, I really can see that being a new threat of the enemy, and it's also been something that if you want to compare it to the government being the enemy, um, since the Patriot Act wasn't enacted. Mm -hmm. uh, The government has been consistently stepping on our rights and moving closer and closer to taking our rights since that moment. That'd be the earliest moment in my personal history that I can see that, is the beginning of the Patriot Act. Uh, after 9-11 but it probably goes back farther than that and I'd have to do more research yeah for sure but anyway keep going Uh,
1: hopefully you followed my flow I'm still trying to grow but no matter here we go believe in what's true you gotta let your passion fuel you Don't you see? Everyone has purpose and destiny. It's my duty to see and bring out the beauty. We all have flaws. That's okay. We'll fight for our cause. We all got giants in our life, pain and strife. But remember, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. So get your sling and your pebbles. We will fight this world's troubles. Be small, but we stand tall. knowing our call. Um, And so that was just... uh, That was... Yeah, this is still kind of me... um, just being an optimist and uh but also like we need to we need to fight to and you know work to you know make things better in our society um and uh the we all got giants in our life pain and strife um but remember the bigger they are the harder they fall So get your sling in your pebbles um that's that's kind of uh, imagery, I guess, uh, of like David and Goliath. And, yeah, uh, that's kind of what I was going for there. Um, uh, yeah, and it's my duty to see and bring out the beauty. Um, I guess that's. I just really like. I'm. I'm a. <laughs> I, I call my drunk alter ego uh, Hype Man Thomas. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, he just wants to gas you up, and you know hype you up encourage you like it, it's well
0: don't you do tiktok encouragement videos and like uh, I haven't done one for a while but I should probably <laughs> do one soon Thomas I see your snapchat story and your instagram story is always daily inspiration yeah you are like probably the most optimistic bubbly upbeat person
1: in my life <laughs> I I like started that because I was like people need I just want, like, some simple way of, like, encouraging people or, yeah. like, something, I don't know. Well, it I just feel I just feel like it's important and somehow it turned into this, I just, like, hashtag daily inspiration, uh, thing, but, uh...
0: Well, I really like it. Yeah. It's one of the things that I've been trying, I've been thinking about doing with my, um, my stories on Snapchat and Instagram is also adding in this, um kind of song for the day or mm-hmm. vibe for the day it's this uh, I don't know not always uplifting because I'm not always able to keep that same upbeat and I don't want to change who I am for anyone yeah. but um, just kind of the mood for the day some new song that somebody can listen to something they've never heard about before mm-hmm. um, or something they've heard about and they just need I feel like fits today's vibe is something that people should listen to mm-hmm. um, they don't have to but I don't know if it would even be helpful to anybody, you know? I did that a couple days, and I didn't really feel like anyone was gaining anything from it, so I've stopped and kind of trying to figure out a better way to add value to people's lives. Yeah. It's it's hard to build content and add value, I think, because Mm. so much of what we teach today is build content and tons of it. Don't make it—don't worry about the value.
1: Yeah, and I think, like— is I'm generally an optimist, an optimistic person, but, like, you don't, don't trick yourself into, like, a false sense of positivity. And that's, and that's something, like, I have to kind of be aware of, like. Yeah. I'm generally an optimist, but, like, I have days where it's just, like, I'm not. I'm depressed, and, like, I just feel down, but.
0: um, It happens to the best of us.
1: Yeah, and. Do you know if you had more to say
0: i i don't really think so it's just it's a hard thing you know it's it's one of the biggest problems i think we struggle with in life and i don't know if it's a problem or if it's a beneficial part of being a human mm-hmm. the way that we tend to fall into melancholy and i personally struggle with that a lot where people end up reading my melancholy as depression or Mm -hmm. upset Um, when really it's more just not really being at joy or peace with the world it's more just being involved and aware of the negativity of the world while holding yourself basically at almost like floating you know Yeah. so uh, it's a hard balance to find And I think sometimes we just gotta say fuck you to everybody and feel (laughs) how we feel and let it show on our faces however we want it to. You know? Mm -hmm. There's a reason why there's RBF, you know?
1: Yeah, I was just thinking, I was like, I have terrible RBF. It's (laughs) like, I won't be mad or anything. It's just like my natural, like, resting state of my face, you know? Yeah. It's like. And everyone comes up to you and they're like, you okay? Yeah. And they're like, are you mad? It's like, no, why? I'm, I'm actually doing really good. <laughs> I'm almost
0: mad now that you've asked me. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't
0: want to keep interrupting your poem. It's beautiful. So, where were we at again?
1: Uh, we're almost done. Uh, so, stand in firm. Do not fear. God is near. Walk in his power. Bring his kingdom here. Do not cower. We don't have a lot of time, but this is our prime. It's our hour, good grief. Let's live out our belief. So, do or do not. There is no try. That's a Yoda quote. Uh, I'm living big and free until the day I die. Um, and then the rest is just, like, I'm frustrated, uh, Which, uh, so that, yeah, that's just, like, this is, like, my generation's time to, like, change the world. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's get it done.
0: Well, and I love your do or do not, <laughs> there is no try. Because one of the things that people love to say about our generations is snowflake. <laughs> and we like to complain you and we don't like to do
1: liberal snowflake. <laughs>
0: <Bro>. <laughs> and who is more of a snowflake than a fucking boomer, bro? Oh, okay. Goodness. They can't stand our generation being on the streets. You know, they've been calling us snowflakes for too long, but the moment our generation decides to stand up for what we believe in, they pissed. Yeah. You know, they're like, send the military in.
1: <laughs> they crazy. I, I love that uh like TikTok and like people on tiktok and whatever like butt out tickets to like, yes. the trump rally <laughs> yes like
0: that did make my day man like oh. we
1: we just like the meme like and when it's yeah when it's uh about stuff like we believe or you know we want to fight we fight with memes <laughs> we really do we, we meme you
0: But the problem is, we do go on the streets, and we will fight, too. That's where we're at now. And I worry about that every day when it comes to civil war, especially since I'm Mm -hmm. so focused on secession. Yeah. But um, I don't want a bloody revolution. I'm not out here for a bloody revolution. I feel like the the moment I declare— or we're able to find a group of people large enough to declare a secession— that's when it'll get bloody and it won't be on our hands even though public opinion will probably be swayed that way yeah so anyway uh thomas thank you so much for sharing your work with us no problem we have actually been talking for
1: i know i was like yeah
0: yeah we've been killing time it's been a pretty long podcast but you know um this is probably the closest to hitting the like Expectational time mark I set for my my uh, interviews. Dope. So we're killing it. But Thomas, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at it's real Tom Crawford. Uh, I'm sure there will probably be a link or something. I don't know. Definitely. Um, uh, you can also uh, did I say real? Yeah, real Tom Crawford. Uh, you can find me on TikTok on It's Tom Crawford. Uh, don't add me on Facebook. I hate Facebook. Uh, <laughs> I have a Snapchat. I don't care, though. Uh, yep. So And SoundCloud at Thomas Crawford. So when are we going to be uh,
0: finding out about your poetry blog? Uh, my poetry blog? See... My guests are eventually gonna hate me because I'm always gonna be harping on them to start a new project.
1: Like I was with Matthew I last mean, week. <laughs> uh, so I do have a uh, like WordPress blog thing that do I you? haven't used for like ever. Uh, so I, I, I can I could go back to that. <laughs>
0: you should start posting a monthly uh, a monthly poem. You have so much
1: out there right now. You should just start taking some of your music and releasing
0: just a lyric form.
1: Yeah, Uh, I have like the thing is like I just use my notes a lot in my phone. Right. And I've I went back a while ago and like found so much stuff I forgot I did. But a lot of it's just, like, fragments of, like, thoughts. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. It's, like, just a couple lines or whatever. Somebody once told me that I
0: was fantastic when it came to (laughs) two-liners. If you read my notes all the way back, I just have fantastic (laughs) two-liners every day. (laughs) Well, anyway, guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thomas, thank you for joining us. For sure. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to all my lovely fans out there. Ciao, my dudes. Alright, thank you for joining us. We love you. Good night. Alright, thanks for sticking around to the end. I'll have Thomas's links in the description below. And get ready for next week's episode with Matthew Butler and Quinn Benning. And if you have any suggestions for topics, go ahead and drop them at my Twitter, at John Gerbrot.
2: Hey.